Halloween. Mystery lurks around every corner. Bundle up with Disney Plus and Hulu. What are you scared of? The dark. It's spine-tingling fun on Disney Plus with Haunted Mansion and Goosebumps. I'm going to need you to spread the word. Then feel the bone-chilling terror on Hulu with the Boogeyman and American Horror Story Delegate. Something's happening to me. The Disney Bundle with Hulu and Disney Plus. All of these and more streaming this month. Plans starting at $9.99 a month. 18 plus only. Access content from each service separately. Offer valid for eligible subscribers only. Terms apply. Instacart helps you get beer and wine delivered in as fast as an hour. So, whether you need to fill the cooler for tailgate season or fill your glass for Pinot by the fire season, you can save time by getting fall sips delivered in just a few clicks. Visit instacart.com or download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum order $10. Additional terms apply. Must be 21 or over for alcohol delivery where available. Instacart. Add life to cart. Hey, happy Valentine's Sharks territory. So we're going to do kind of an impromptu slash rare post-game live reaction to tonight's Sharks versus Oilers contest. My goodness. Um, don't want to, pardon the uh, lack of a better expression, beat the dead horse here. It is what it is. Sharks got shut out 3-0. Uh, more or less just want to focus on, you know, kind of just breaking it down from a fan's point of view you know reacting because you know you'll you'll see on the broadcast how they'll try to make it seem like you know it isn't what it really was that being the efforts and the loss or this game isn't really about this it's really about that and then you'll hear all this other like you know like extremely extremely like um you know like dissection of the game that's not what we're going to do here tonight uh, you know, this is the first game back after the All-Star break, and most most clubs have kind of issued or published their own kind of like mid-season report. So as a fan, I would like to offer my own personal take on San Jose Sharks hockey, and uh, we'll start with just quick results. Uh, Edmonton Oilers coming to town. Obviously, it was Evander Kane's first game back in San Jose as an opponent, and... Um, <laughs> Rookie goaltender Skinner shuts out the Sharks with Edmonton. I mean, come on. Sharks literally got shut out by like Principal of Springfield and the pun doesn't even feel as good delivering it because I remember reading earlier on social media like, oh great, what could go wrong? <laughs> you know, um a rookie getting his start against the Sharks. And um, you know, someone even played around and mentioned about them getting a shutout but it's sadly what's true it seems as if like any time somebody gets their first nhl game against san jose they, they just have an amazing game in this case being a shutout so you know not trying to take away what skinner accomplished on the ice but the sharks they literally played like like garbage and again i'm not trying to be you know negative here but come on I mean, there's some passes that look like there's no effort. There's like no power, no urgency to them. Um, the only people who really looked like they showed up was Noah Gregor and Nieto, like that fourth line. 
those depth forwards. Not all of them, just just a couple. But overall, just very uninspiring hockey. Um, I think what was kind of strange is everyone's tuned into this game for you know one one spectacle, and that's Evander Kane's return to San Jose. Whether you love him or you hate him, people want to see how he performs on the ice. Some of you out there want to see the likes of Peterson and Malash laying those hits. I personally thought he was playing a little reserved, Evander, because, you know, this guy, he's famous or infamous for taking on the likes of Reeves, like he did all those years when he was with Vegas. Yet he was kind of, you know, taking, taking his licks. Um, and both of them were like, ironically, <laughs> um, you know, they're behind his back. Evander Kane was getting hit behind the back, kind of like symbolic of the locker room talk, right, this offseason. So, you know, you want to call him dirty? I don't know. I don't necessarily call him dirty. Obviously, you know, this guy needs to keep his head up. But um, a lot of those were coming from behind his shoulder, in my opinion. So, you know, the Sharks looked like they were more focused, focusing their efforts and their hits, like maybe maybe trying to do a little messaging. I don't know. I'm not going to play all this, like, you know, hypothetical stuff. But what I will say is, you know, where where did it go for the rest of the game, right? Anyways, it is what it is. Uh, so midseason report from a fan's point of view here. Uh, you know, the Sharks, if there was a game to let the fan base know that they were not fighting for a playoff spot, this would have been the one. Uh, we'll see how things change because the season's trend has kind of been like these spurts of success and then these just like droughts of not getting any points in the standings. Obviously, um, you've heard it probably a couple of times before, and we mentioned on our last podcast when we got together and talked Sharks hockey um, yesterday afternoon. But since the Sharks have been off for the All-Star break, they've dropped tremendously in the standings. Uh, Last time I've checked and shared with you all, we were just one above the Seattle Kraken. Um, That's pretty much the bottom of the Pacific. We are definitely... I'm, you know, trying to climb a ladder here, but we're really going down the chutes when it comes to the standings because not too long ago, we were just maybe a couple spots out. Now we have to jump at least five, six teams, seven if you really want to secure it, but we'll see what happens. Um, Obviously today, a game against Edmonton, they're in our division. They have kind of a hold, you know, if we want to make it up, into the wild card, we definitely have to go through them. Um, losing three to zero ain't gonna cut it. So, um, just midway through the season again, I think there are people, or I should rather say, there are players on the team who want to be here, who want to compete, who want to see this team be successful, and who want to see them make a push for the playoffs. Obviously, we're missing some key players, and um, you know, with Carlson being out. And, you know, the power play, the power play, I think like two shots, right? So it's almost as if the Sharks could use a power forward. It's too bad that that guy's playing on the other side of the puck. Um, So, and hey, again, you know, you either love or you hate the guy, but he's playing on the top line with the Oilers with the likes of McDavid. So, I mean, if that's not a testimony to his skill and his ability, I don't know what is. 
Um, again, he played around reserve. He didn't have much impact, at least what I've seen. There was even a point where he was like set up in a slot. We're speaking of um, X Shark Kane right now. And he looked like he just kind of put it right on the chest of Rhymes. Just my opinion based off of the replay. Um, so, you know, it looks like Kane was kind of like, a, like holding back. Obviously, they didn't give him a video tribute, which I thought was kind of strange. Um, a lot of his issues were reportedly off the ice and uh, rumored to be within the locker room. Without the video tribute today, pardon me, <clears throat> maybe it appears that there might be some kind of animosity between his old teammates on the main roster. Uh, but Brown even pointed out that's Curtis Brown in the pregame. Um, there's not a lot of players who are on the Sharks right now who would have potentially been involved with any kind of beef uh, with Kane. So, you know, overall... You, I'm not going to focus too much on him anymore. It is what it is. You know, I think after the first period, I was kind of over it. Um, they, you know, the crowd for whoever showed up, I think, I believe it was reported to just be like slightly, just barely a sliver above 11,000. So, you know, that's a report. That's the reported attendance. Supposedly tickets sold. Not, I don't know necessarily if that meant that meant that's how many people were actually at the tank. Uh, but you know what? You got to come some slack. First of all, it's the first game back from the all-star break it's the first game following another big sports event um and then it's a holiday it's valentine's day so you're not going to get you know in my opinion you're not going to get much of um you know the seats filled with all those uh factors in play so we'll see how it goes on later on uh down the line and once again just a reminder if you don't know today was the first game where there was no restrictions in terms of how you can get um, into the tank, excuse me, let me rephrase that. Uh, there is an update on the attendance on their policy and uh, essentially a negative test and you're in. Um, that's all I'm going to say about that. So hopefully, well, the whole reason I mentioned that is hopefully, you know, most of you out there get the opportunity to visit the tank and, you know, we could fill up the arena and really try to get these guys to play some hockey because in my opinion, they're not playing hockey. I mean, you could say whatever it is, but I mean, come on. I'm pretty sure we've seen prospects and maybe even some people in like, um, you know, some minor leagues um, have more fire in, in, and more like passion in their play. Again, I mean, just a couple guys showed up, but for the most part, uh, the Sharks look like they're still on vacation mode. Um, speaking of which... I, I was really hoping to see Timo Meyer kind of have more of an impact. He took a double minor, and, and you know I don't blame him. <laughs> he was just in Cabo, right? Like he was just posting on his Instagram, like taking um, you know, uh, having a enjoying a drink while in the waters out there in Mexico, and then you come back to this. Yeah, I think I take a double minor too. Anywho, uh, so again, just kind of reviewing the game, quick and pronto. Not going to get too deep into the stats. Um, you know, and all the, um, all the dynamics of how the Sharks did or did not perform. But what I will say is this, as a Sharks fan, it seems like there is literally no interest in, in pushing for the playoffs. I mean, how can you legitimately say that? I mean, how many times do you have to like try to, um, make it seem like the performance, uh, isn't what it really is, which is uninspiring. Like, it seems like there's no hustle. There's no urgency. 
you know, you could try to like pinpoint, oh, here are some things where it kind of fell apart. And if it was this way, then it'd be a whole different game. But come on, come on. You know what I'm saying? You're trying to like, you know, sell me a rock at this point, in my opinion. Um, and I'm a firm believer. I love the Sharks. I, I'm a firm believer of like, you know, it ain't over till it's over. So, you know, the season isn't over. There's still a chance. Like a dumb and dumber, right? <laughs> but no, in all honesty, like it is not over until it's over, just like in the game. Um, you know, the Sharks had an opportunity plenty of times, especially on the power play, to, to come back and make this uh, competitive and interesting game. But the only thing that was interesting about it was Evander Kane. Again, love him or hate him. That's the only thing that kept, I, in my opinion, most fans, you know, like, like tuned in. Because the Sharks obviously didn't do anything. And I found it kind of weird how the broadcasting crew, and I don't mean this like in, in you know, a bad way. I'm not trying to be like, oh, you know, because they're legends in their own right. But I kind of find it strange how they kind of played down that whole narrative, that whole storyline, trying to make it seem like this isn't really about Evander Kane's comeback game. This is more about, you know, which is kind of true, you know, like both teams trying to find, you know, a winning formula to make a playoff push, et cetera, et cetera. You know, all the cliches. But um no, this is about Evander Kane's comeback game to San Jose. And you can't you can't like try to water it down. Th this this is exactly like what you set up the whole season to be. With all the noise in the off season, with all the suspensions, with all the controversies, with all these allegations, how could it not be about him coming back to San Jose as an opponent. So I thought that was a little strange that, you know, that whole like storyline was kind of being deflected. And, um, you know, it is what it is. I'm glad that, um, you know, it's like, obviously, you know, this whole thing with the Vander King couldn't really get behind us until, you know, what ended up happening. But in my opinion, it really couldn't like you couldn't really close that chapter until you've seen him, you know, on the ice and, and you know, another jersey. Because, you know, that's when you really have like your closure, so to speak. Um, and not that it's that deep. I'm just simply saying, like, I think from here on out, there should be no more Vander Kane. Like, it is what it is. We followed him from when he was a shark to all this stuff that went on during the off season to his uh, return to the CUDA to him being let go and then signing with the Oilers, like everything in between all the ups and downs and highs and lows, etc., to get to this point. Now they played each other. Hey, it is what it is. You call it a revenge game. I don't even think he cared. I think he even said that like during the pregame interview uh, earlier today, he was like, uh, you know, um, Essentially, you know, the fans or the media, I think he was referring to specifically, like care more about these uh, things than he does personally. So that's his way of saying, like, he's just going to go in there and try to play some hockey, right? But um, I think that's pretty much where we're at. I think it's time to close the chapter. We have a lot of uh, people here in Sharks territory that even though they try to act like they don't like them, they sure do love talking and writing about them. I'm not going to mention any names, but you see the stories. So I think it's time to officially, you know, that's it. We've seen the guy. He's he's played in the tank. So it's not like we wait. I mean, we obviously have a couple more games left. It's not over yet. 
But um, the point I'm trying to say is like, you know, that's it. I think, you know, it's really time to start focusing on, on March 21st. I mean, that's what this game pretty much reminded me of, March 21st, right? These guys aren't playing for the playoffs, so now you got to start talking about the likes of Ferraro, Hurdle, Meyer. Now those start becoming realities. Now, where will these guys be in, like, September? Like, well, wait a minute. We got the whole season. You're just talking about, you know, trying to make a playoff push. Okay, but if they keep playing like they are now, then that's not going to happen. So we've got to start thinking about the long run, right? So that's where I kind of get into this. I know I kept saying it, but now we're going to get into like my own take on um, the Sharks' performance up to this point halfway through the season. Uh, by the way, if you want to drop your take, I'm just going to say this uh, one time today. Speakpipe.com forward slash Shark City Hockey. It's a mouthful, but if you go to... Uh, whether you're listening on my uh, Twitch or excuse me on mine, how dare I? Uh, if you're listening on our, pardon me, uh, Twitch page, our Instagram page, our um, Facebook page, or our YouTube page, uh, you should get a link. Uh, link tree should be set up there. Uh, definitely for sure on the social media sites. Uh, but our link tree, you could click on the link tree. And at the very bottom, when you scroll down, you'll see podcast messages. Um, you get up to five minutes to give us your spill. You know, share your voice with the rest of Sharks territory out there, good or bad, whatever it is. Just keep it clean. Keep it respectful. That's all That's all we ask. But um, if you want to get in on the podcast while we talk live, the lines are open, as they say. Now, um, with the Sounds of Sharks, um, I just want to start from the back in the crease. With the whole goaltender situation here. Um, you know, we sent some really high-value picks Arizona's way for Aiden Hill, who was a scratch again tonight. It's amazing this little dance that Rhyme and Hill are doing this season. It's almost like it's almost like it's choreographed. Because it's like almost like is one's available and the other's not, like throughout the whole season. And what's concerning to me is, you know, Aiden Hill is supposed to be, at least from the way it seems like, if you want to take, you know, the whole trade value, the second round pick for Aiden Hill, the younger netminder. Obviously, when you trade, in my opinion, a high round draft pick like a second rounder, you're essentially saying that you have found your franchise goalie or this is going to be the guy who you know uh is right there in the crease for our future i mean that's a second rounder right um and then you sign reimer which is kind of going backwards in my opinion as a sharks fan getting the backup to the guy that you um let go of both being on the um stanley cup finals club and 2016 so you know you get martin jones backup james reimer and you figure he's a relief goaltender you figure he's going to be the guy who kind of helps aiden hill with the workload while also being a veteran will kind of you know like um coach him up so to speak you know help him like develop and um it's kind of been the exact opposite it's like reimer which is hey this is awesome if you're a sharks fan 
you know, but Reimer's been coming through and he's been solid, but when he gets too much work, it, it shows. So um, all I'm trying to get at is if I had to put my thumb on it, I would say that Hill, if this is the current situation going into next season, um, being these two netminders, then I would I would assume that Hill would eventually res- you know assume the role of the starting goalie, and then Reimer will be what I just mentioned more of relief, helping out the workload. But if Aiden Hill can't stay healthy, I mean, we essentially gave up a second round draft pick for for a backup goaltender. One that may not even be able to start. When they when they're hot, they're hot. You know, they have above nine hundred save percentage. Don't get me wrong. They're they're definitely skilled. But the Sharks are twenty two, twenty one, and four. They said this is supposed to be a reset. This is a rebuild. Come on. Anyways, um, so why am I mentioning goaltending? Because the only player that I have been impressed with in net this season, outside of Hill and Reimer when they're obviously doing good, right, has been Sanchenko. I really want to see Zach Sanchenko have an opportunity to be the starting netminder. And I'll tell you why, because he's from within the organization. He's obviously developed the CUDA, but also because I think that's where the money's at. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you're going to build for the future, if you're going to really rebuild, then what's the point of sending your second round draft picks and then, and then have the, you know, Aiden Hill, we got him for a second rounder and then he filed arbitration so he could get compensation in terms of, you know, um, a contract for what he felt was worth, you know, um, his services to play for San Jose, which I don't blame him. He took that option like immediately, immediately after we signed Reimer in free agency. Um, but the whole point of that being is, you know, why spend that cost? Why have that slightly more expensive contract since people love to point about you know love to talk about contracts in San Jose and why send a second rounder when Doug Wilson Jr. has been killing it in the draft to have a netminder who may not be able to, to play you know going back and forth with Reimer anyways I digress I would go with Salchenko I'd put all the chips in Salchenko that's how I felt last year with uh Yosef Koshinov Obviously, he was part of that deal to the Coyotes. But that's how I feel. It's like if it ain't one of these veterans, if it's ain't one of these guys who, who is supposed to be it, who you are making the trades for, who you're signing to, you know, better contracts, then, then give it to the guys who, when they are on the ice, they are playing like they want to be in the league. Anyways. um, So, yeah. I personally think that the Sharks are kind of telling us that they are um, that they're kind of skating towards that rebuild. I mean, it has to happen. Uh, Joe Will, we've kind of mentioned this in the past podcast. This one, if it's repetitive for those of you who tuned in yesterday, I apologize in advance. But again, I'm trying to uh, pull in my reaction to tonight's game with some more of the current news. 
but you know, Joe Will the other day talked about how you know accountability, right? So for all Sharks fans who've seen the, who've seen their team get shut out three to zero, you have nothing to worry about. Bog Bugner will hold them accountable. <laughs> okay. I mean, if that's where the bar is at, ladies and gentlemen, then it's pretty low. Again, you know, I'm pretty sure Bob Budner as the person is great. And I'm pretty sure he might be a positive presence to be in a locker room. I wouldn't pretend to act like I know what goes on side or inside a Sharks locker room. But the point I'm trying to get at is, you know, when it comes to being the head coach of Sounds of Sharks, it is what it is. He's not winning the games. He doesn't have, you know, a very high win percentage. So, if he's if he's the guy that's going to hold our crew accountable, then that's when you get these results. So, I think it's time to you know if they're gonna if they're gonna commit and they're gonna not force you know some people say you know embrace the rebuild, but if they're gonna push this rebuild on Sharks territory, then then own it, own it. Bench boss got to go. These goaltenders who like we are literally like like riding till the gas tank is empty, like you know, pushing them on fumes, spending cash on them. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't don't need it. Now I could sound arrogant and I could sound ridiculous because again, James Reimer and Aiden Hill, they are they have that starting goalie potential. But from a second round draft pick, I assume we'd have, you know, the next franchise, you know, the next big thing. I'm not seeing it. Anyways, maybe next year. Um, So now we go on to Carlson, right? The guy's injured. We keep getting promised how he's going to be, um, you know, he might be back soon. He might be back soon. Listen, he broke his thumb same time, around the same time a couple of seasons ago, and he was done for the season. If Eric Carlson cannot find a way to come back in the ice, and why would you? I mean, really, just think about it. You're hurt. You're recovering. And on a personal note, you you just grew your family. Again, this is just my reaction, okay, as a fan. I can't pretend to, to know exactly what mindset a professional athlete has, a world-class athlete. But I could just say from my perspective... If this is the performance that my team was putting on the ice, game in and game out, and I'm getting my body beat up for it, and now I'm doing, I'm having surgery to repair myself, and there's the potential for me to come back or heal, you know, because people are going to talk about this 11 million, that 11 million. The guy's a human being, right? He still has to worry about his body and how he's going to take care of himself as he gets a little bit older. Right now, that's the mature side of me talking. Now I'm showing my age, right? If I was a little bit younger in my 20s, I'd be like, get him out of there. Anyways, but, <laughs> anyways, uh, but back back to the point. You know, he just had he just had himself, you know, a, a baby. I don't think we're seeing him. I really don't. We'll see. Maybe. Uh, speaking of Sharks players that we should be seeing on the ice who are not there, um, William Eklund. If you're joining us late or you join us... Um, 
just at this moment. I'm Aaron James. This is the Shark City Podcast. I'm doing a kind of impromptu, rare live post-game interaction. Excuse me, interaction. Um, reaction to the game, the loss against the Edmonton Oilers 3-0. And I'm kind of giving my fan-based, you know, seeing it through a lens of a diehard Sharks fan, um, how I feel the Sharks are doing halfway through the season and kind of the the signals that they're giving the fan base. And it's coming to that point where, you know, it's been almost three years. You've successfully warned us down. We're starting to accept. We're starting to accept that you want to rebuild. <laughs> you keep putting performances like that. The tank keeps looking empty without the atmosphere like tonight. Yeah, we're going to start asking for it ourselves, right? Anyways, um, but yeah, the Sharks. Um, oh, I, I said I was going to mention this once. Apologize. I lied. I want to mention it twice. If you want to share your take, um, some people will call it if you want to vent. Hey, by all means, uh, visit our SpeakPipe. It's our podcast messaging page. Uh, you can find the link on our link tree, which will be found in our social media um, bios. So if you are listening to us on Instagram, you don't want to cut the live feed. Um, you could do it also on a laptop. Speakpipe.com forward slash Shark City Hockey. All right. Um, so let's get to the forwards, right? Now we're not going to break on break down every line and every player. I'm just going to talk about the main guys. All right. And I don't mean any disrespect to anyone I don't mention. I'm just simply saying this is where the Sharks fans are focused on right now. So let's just spend time on that. Uh, Tomas Hurdle. Um, Joe Will kind of like randomly mentioned him on a tangent a little bit uh, a little while ago. Obviously, you know, outside of mentioning how he feels about Bugner. About the boogeyman. Um, he says, which, why wouldn't you, right? He says that they want to keep Hurdle in San Jose. But he's also using language that's super vague, can be interpreted, right? Has like double meaning, you know. But what it sounds like to me, it's like, you know, publicly, of course, they're going to let us know. Why would they tell the fan base, like, yeah, we're going to act, we're actively interested or actively shopping your favorite player. You know what I'm saying? But just just think of it. Think think of every story or you know the storyline if you will of to this point where we're at now. Off season, he's talking about taking pay cuts to be on a team that can win the Stanley Cup. Uh supposedly he's involved with, you know, some of the uh beef in the locker room with the ex player that we're not going to spend any more time on. Um, you know, so on and so forth about like not sure he was, if he's wanted and he wants to make sure if he stays, he gets what he deserves and he gets a long-term deal, etc. All these things that kind of like um, are not compatible with the state of the franchise right now. You know, the Sharks are a team that are looking for ways to free up salary cap space while entertaining the rebuild. I don't see how you have Tomas Hurdle, who obviously holds himself up and he's not lying. He's holding himself up as being one of the top centermen in the national hockey league. Those are facts. He's not lying. So when he's saying that he's willing to take a pay cut for the right team and he wants to win now, and he wants to be a Stanley cup champion because he has spent 
a majority of his career with the likes of Patty, Jumbo. These are guys who one of them is not officially retired. The other one is still chasing the dream with Florida. But these are guys who are well in their 40s, who've had lengthy careers and have yet to have their name etched on the Stanley Cup. He pretty much said he doesn't want that. And and completely understandable. You know what I'm saying? I mean, Pavelski, he is in the exception because he's had the opportunity uh, twice. Once with us, another shot with Dallas. So, um, you know, he was within reach. But as far as Hurdle uh, is concerned, why would you stay with San Jose if they're trying to say we're rebuilding? Rebuilding does not... Um, coexist with championships you know what i'm saying it's like oxymoron um so i'm saying it here and i've kind of been saying this throughout the podcast throughout the season uh the sharks haven't offered him a contract yet you know there's a lot of words being shared out there in the media but reality is if there's no offer and there's no ink then I'm thinking he's going to be traded away. And that just makes absolute sense. It does. Um, let's talk about Timo Meyer. I'm thinking he did a tremendous job first half of the season, established himself as one of the league's best, was selected to his first career NHL All-Star game. But coming off of that, you know, honor, if you will, and then getting a double minor off of frustration, just purely undisciplined um, a series of events on the ice. Come on. That's not the all-star that, you know, I'm, I remember with all, with all that, uh, all that hype, especially with the five goals, right? In the game. Like, why aren't they setting them up for those goals now? I don't know. Was Edmonton really that much better than the Sharks tonight? I don't think so. Sharks beat themselves. And they did it by not playing, uh, and here come the cliches, right? But by not playing passionately without that fire. But no, you could see it. You could see it. How many times did they turn the puck over from behind the goal line? Like within the trapezoid. How many times did they have a leading pass from out the defensive zone across the blue line and had like no mustard on it. Like it was lucky even crossed the blue line. A couple of guys for very few shifts, most of them fourth line. Um, you know, they turned the jets on and they skated hard and they tried to make some opportunities. But bottom line is, um, you know, it just wasn't enough. And we need that from everyone, from every player, from every shift. For every shift, pardon me. You know what I'm saying? And um, we'll see. You know, Bob Boodner supposedly holds him accountable. So maybe, you know, next game, the accountability will be apparent. But um, that's pretty much all I got. I'm not trying to make this like a, you know, a whatever night. It's supposed to be a special night. It's supposed to be a night of love. I wish I would feel the love on the ice. Sharks fans wish the Sharks would show us some love on the scoreboard, right? And not the type of love like they say in tennis, where it's zero. <laughs> Anyways, uh, you know what? It's getting, um, you know, it's getting 
to that late night hour and i've been going on for a little bit over half of official hockey game so i think that's enough um thank you for joining me tonight for all the all of you who are watching on um, instagram twitch youtube and the facebook page uh, you can always check out the website sharkcityhockey.com for all of our content and uh, 24 7 music and hockey uh, it's absolutely free by the way we're not going to try to push you with any kind of like paywalls or any kind of like random ads that you have to outclip from everything's 100 percent created by and for fans of the sounds of sharks um, i'm aaron james um once again if you want to get involved you want to join the conversation you want your voice to be heard across sharks territory check out the link tree visit the podcast messaging site leave us a message uh, till next time uh good night everybody happy valentine's day and um, for the next game, let's go Sharks. Please, let's go Sharks.